Welcome back to Data for Good and what an episode we have in store today. We will be covering all things digital identity and be introduced to the concept of holistic identity. We'll be talking data breaches and how do we become more protective about our data, knowing what is stored and how it's stored. Joining us to discuss this is Anna Varosian, who is Director of Engineering at Affinity. So, yeah, she comes from a software engineering back initially before getting into research and, de research and development while being a lecturer for computer science, moving into a lead engineering position and working through the ranks all the way through to a current role of Director of Engineering. Great episode. Please enjoy. Digital identity, digital footprint. What is this? What is this? It is something which is going to change the world, right? So, and uh, how people are reacting on it, and this kind of something which is uh, driving the adoption, I think. So, what is digital identity? If I think about it, this is. Um, Talking about our, our identity itself. For example, if I will ask you, what is your identity? Is it your passport, you know, that is issued by government, or it's your insurance card, or it's uh, your social security number, or maybe part of your identity is what kind of coffee do you like to drink, or uh, what kind of books do you like to shop? Yeah. So the thing is, uh, when we are talking about identity of people, so sometimes people are associating the identity with some uh, government documents, but it's not like that. Because you are another type of person when you are um, going to a business travel, you know, you are another type of person when you are with your family, mm -hmm. another type of person when you are with friends uh, celebrating something. And this is everything which is forming your identity itself, right? So if we talk about our digital identity or holistic identity, this is um, how we are formulating our identity as a person mm -hmm. and uh, also how we are controlling which part of our identity to be shared with whom. For right. example, uh, let's say uh, I wanted to own my identity. So is it easy now in today? So uh, today's world. For example, I wanted to buy something or book some hotel, let's say in Italy. So uh, what I'm doing, I'm clicking the uh, reservation in the hotel and it's saying, okay, uh, what is your name, surname? Uh, where are you living? The address, the phone number and all other things I'm thinking. Yeah, okay, so I can share it with you. Yeah. But what is happening with my data that I'm sharing with you? So is it is it, do I share some part of my identity with you and what you are going to do with this identity, right? Mm -hmm. And the next day when I'm receiving some uh, some spam messages on my phone, I'm literally thinking who sent it to me, where I yeah. had exposed my identity, right? So those are the moments when um, I'm really caring about my part of identity that I'm sharing. And those are the moments that where I'm thinking, okay, so would it be nice if I can revoke the information that I shared? It mm -hmm. would be nice if I could control what I shared with whom? and what they are doing with this data. So uh, when I'm talking about digital identity, so it's kind of, it's quite similar to our physical identity, but it's also changing the way how it's organized, right? So uh, we are having our digital identities in a way when we are going to, uh, creating the social logins, but we are not all owning those identities. Mm. For example, when I'm creating the um, 
social identity in Google or on Facebook. I'm giving part of my identity, but I don't know how this data is going to be used by these identity providers. Mm -hmm. So how holistic identity is changing the way is the holder is becoming the central place of identity management. For example, let's say you are having your uh, identity stored in a different way, then you can control uh, your information. Let's say on your computer, you are holding everything and then you are signing to some uh, site, you are already using your uh, identity created and stored locally, and you are deciding what and how to share. Mm. Why it's different, for example, because uh, when you are buying alcohol from the website, right? So I'm doing something else. So they care that I'm an adult. They don't care yeah. about my birthday. They don't care if I'm located in Berlin or this is my address. So maybe they care if I'm in Berlin to give a discount to me, but the address is not needed. Mm. So from that perspective, being able to share what and how and control it instead of giving uh, access to data platforms to own all data and store and deal with it, this is, makes the difference, I think. Mm. Do, do you think people would be um, amazed at the amount of data that, that's being collected? I think most people understand if you sign up for a holiday on a website and you use your email you there's the assumption there's a risk that your email is going to be used somewhere but what else is being recorded and how do we how can people become more aware of what's actually being you know, taken from their data yeah I think it's changing. So it's changing in the way that um, when uh, some advertisements are going with uh, related to data breaches or uh, when some people are starting to receive uh, some kind of spam information from their kids, you know, that their phones are got damaged or um, the social engineering is happening and data is getting stolen, people mm -hmm. are thinking, well, what are the ways that I can control the data? So because when it's kind of dealing with the family, maybe not with us directly, but with the family, people are becoming really very um, careful with that. Yeah. For example, if we have a look on the data breaches analysis, right? So for example, every year, the percentage of uh, cost of data breach is increasing. So there's the direct and indirect costs of the data breach. So I'll tell you what it means. So for example, the direct cost is when the call center is uh, contacting people and saying, you know, something happened. Yeah. Actually, the price is increasing on the indirect costs. Uh, what it means, it means, for example, the reputation of the company. So usually they are spending, uh, for example, in some cases, really long uh, months and years of recovering the image. This is mm -hmm. where the indirect cost is increasing because people are getting really scared of their information is getting lost and mm -hmm. how it's. So this is, for example, one aspect. Um, the most health uh, cases are happening or uh, cost of breach is increasing on the health domain, for example. Yeah. Why? Because in the health domain, uh, let's say people are using their insurance. Is something very private to us, right? So what kind of problems we had when uh, we went to the hospital, uh, what kind of treatments we had, and then like uh, immediately we are starting to get some um, emails, right? So for example, here are your analysis and people are clicking. And this is uh, really like uh, making people to think maybe there is a way 
that I can make my treatment and I don't share the information or I share only the information which is important. Or let's mm. say my treatment is over, maybe I can revoke this information or maybe I can anonymize. There are the ways of thinking about it. So um, I, I don't know. I What I'm looking on my um, friends, right? So they're really becoming more careful of what kind of data are sharing. And if you also look on the statistics, for example, let's say websites are asking for the onboarding, how many drops are happening when people should enter their data. So when uh, they are going to entering the data, right, of creating the account, and then people are thinking, do I need to do that, really? So assume there is a moment that you don't need to enter your data to the websites it's where you don't have a trust, and mm. then you can share the part of the information as a, let's say, verifiable presentation, right? of uh, answering the questions that they are willing to know without entering your data and controlling what you share and how you share. Probably mm. then onboarding friction will be less and people will be more willing to share knowing that they are uh, controlling what they share and how to, uh, do they share. So it sounds like privacy enhancing technologies are, are something that would, in, would improve this. I mean, Data supports a lot of things, and I think a lot of people are the more data, the more insights. How do we manage that trade-off between sharing as much information as possible to be valuable and helpful versus it being used against us to sell things or fraud, all these kind of aspects? Yeah, I think you are right in the sense of that the privacy will improve in the sense uh, that I will share only the information that I need to share and I also will control what I'm sharing. So uh, in the meantime, I know that uh, it's not becoming the honey spot of all data, right? Of, uh, For example, one platform is having all data collected there. Mm -hmm. This kind of honey spot for hackers also to steal the data. I know that if I don't share so much information, probably this is not becoming also a honey spot. And when uh, somebody wanted to uh, get the data, then they will not get the data that they need. They will not get my birthday. They will get what I was an adult on that moment when I was buying this alcohol, right? So mm -hmm. but not going to break my privacy. They will know that I'm living in Berlin, but they will not know my address uh, specifically. And this is also important for the companies. Assume you wanted to give the services mm -hmm. and then uh, you are asking people to onboard and you are having a huge uh, task on you to create a secure data platform to, for those data. So people, yeah. they don't want to have uh, the problems, right? So uh, the companies, they wanted to get the data and store it securely. So being uh, compliant with the security and privacy policies, according to the GDPR, you know, and other regulations that are in place, the companies are having really expensive task of solving and securing the data. Mm -hmm. Now, assume there is a solution for all those companies as well, when it's kind of uh, secure cryptographically and the holder yeah. is controlling their data and sharing only the information that I need. It's good for the holder to share the information that they want, it's also good for the company who is getting only the data that they want and uh, controlling in the way that they need to control, not more. And yeah. it's also good for everybody, not good probably for the people who wanted to take the data. So yeah. <laughs> accordingly to the regulations. This, this is in line with Apple's probably app 
tracking transparency um, initiative. I think that sent quite a lot of shockwaves through the ad tech industry. Um, is that are ad tech companies going to have to become even more inventive about how they get hold of data or what do you see there? Hmm. I think I see it a little bit different because, um, yes, it's kind of uh, related to that, but it's a little bit different because okay. uh, what Apple is doing, it's again the ecosystem, right? So if I'm signed to the Apple, then I'm kind of the part of the ecosystem in Apple, and then uh, I'm having the signed account in Apple. So and then Apple usually knows, they could know if they want to know, right, what kind of mm -hmm. activities I'm doing. When um, I'm talking about, for example, the holistic identity and uh, when the holder is the center of ecosystem, there is no one who is controlling all those things. It's just decentralized. Okay. So decentralized in the way, for example, I am the center. I, I uh, Me as a holder, I'm the center of the identity itself. So there is no one uh, centralized place uh, where it's controlling all identities. It's kind of the opposite of the centralized approach. It's of course bringing the um, knowledge, uh, importance of the knowledge for people to understand how the ecosystem is usually working. Mm -hmm. For example, um, there is an issuer, so they can issue the verifiable credentials, right? I am the holder who is owning all those verifiable credentials. And then uh, if some website or some somebody wanted to verify my identity, I'm creating the verifiable presentation uh, containing my verifiable credentials and sharing with this verifier that they can share. Kind of I'm becoming the one who is taking the decisions uh, how to share and what to share. I'm owning my identity. So uh, from what perspective to verify is kind of asking me to share the information, but they can continue. And I'm the one who is deciding if I could share or not. So it's more just decentralized and giving all the control and security and privacy control of the holder itself. Mm -hmm. Of course, also bringing um, uh, the complexity of making sure that people are understanding how the concept is working. Because yeah. uh, with control and accountability for my own data, I'm also becoming accountable for uh, storing it securely, right? Yeah. And uh, controlling it also. But of course, there are the mechanisms uh, of secure storage and there are mechanisms of wallets where you can stay. So it can be the Edge wallet or cloud wallet or some decentralized web nodes, depending on the technology that is provided. But mm -hmm. I also need to understand, for example, this is some kind of um, autonomy for me, but it's also yeah. bringing uh, responsibility to me to care about it. So you're taking all the responsibility onto yourself and the data that you're sharing. Yeah. How are the companies who want to collect as much data as possible pushing back on this? Is this something they want? Obviously, they want to avoid this. How how are those two colliding? Who's winning there? Yeah. So um, it depends how I wanted to use the data, right? So let's say I'm a company, but I need to collect the data. So I can still collect the data, but I need to collect. Uh, so, but in uh, accordingly or with the consent from the holder who is going to share it with me. 
So, for example, let's say I wanted to uh, collect as a company information about your preferences for, uh, how to say, car types. Yeah. I still can collaborate with the holder of getting this information about uh, the information that they're willing to share with me. I still mm -hmm. can store it, but I'm storing only the information that I need to store. So it's kind of easy for the companies in the sense that they don't deal with um, all security and privacy aspect of storing all my information and making securely uh stored and uh, yeah. also saved but i'll store only the information and i'll use only the information that i need so um i think it's kind of changing the way how data ownership is driven yeah so i'm definitely some uh, companies who should be open for doing it because it's also taking out from them the cost of maintaining the huge data platform and uh the data warehouses and data lakes and all those complicated things and make mm -hmm. making also the business driven mm -hmm. so but meantime they probably will be the ones that are will need time to adopt to the way how the data ownership is changing and right now it's it's optional so it's this gdpr for example has certain um guidelines but the whole protecting your own data is optional do you think it'll ever or is the movements being made to make it more regulated more mandatory for companies and individuals to be more aware of the data and how it's being used I think it depends on all us uh, driving it, right? So uh, if we all would like to care about our data and how the data is getting used, then we'll, uh, for example, go out from the websites, we'll not give uh, these regulations for me or controlling my data. So it's coming from the uh, readiness of the uh, people also. For example, when I'm living in Germany, right? So. All my friends are really very crazy about privacy and how they are sharing and uh, data and how they are getting trade. But most likely they are the places where people uh, don't care so much as uh, mm. people in some countries, right? It really depends from one case to another case. The key is there for being able to give uh, opportunities for people. For example, if I, I'm crazy to store my data really locally, and I really want to control everything, and I am the one, for example, right? So then I'll probably select this decentralized approach. I'll go with the holistic identity. I'd like to control what I'm sharing, with whom I'm sharing, and being able to revoke when I don't mm -hmm. to have yeah. it. But let's say if uh, it's my uh, grandmother, so who is not uh, so keen about uh, controlling all those things and uh, does not have the knowledge of the technology, Maybe I can give the cloud solution for them. So uh, taking accountability on me as a provider. So I don't know, there are different providers for that and helping them of managing this identity. Um, maybe there are different options and people would be uh, happy to choose. So different people, different uh, opportunities and different preferences. Uh, but uh, the good thing is that the technology now in nowadays is allowing us to have it. So, and uh, to have it uh, cryptographically secured, having the ways of doing it. And this is helping us to solve the problems of people who own, uh, to own their own identity. Are we right to trust 
bigger companies, more established names with our data? Or should we be wary of all of our digital online identity? I didn't get the question. Sorry. So, so when people are online, there's some uh, assumption that our data is going to be used. We go to established, well-known websites. Are we right to trust them? Or are we? do we still need to take precaution with these well-known websites? I mean, everyone, when there's a dodgy link or an unknown website, people are a bit more cautious, and rightly so. Is it the same yeah. for the, the bigger companies, the well-used websites? Yeah. Um, so even if I trust the website, right, So or uh, some company or some of the big names, so I'm usually very fine if I'm using the HTTP or HTTPS, you know, so I, I'm just uh, making a joke there, but it's usually, uh, it's good to trust, but it's also good to verify because you don't know what happened with this company at this moment. So uh, maybe something is wrong there, maybe some breach happened there or uh, so the company is getting attacked. It's usually good um, to trust, but also verify if the mechanisms that are there are according to the standards. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, if we are using our identity, right? So, um, and then uh, a holistic identity view, and then uh, there are verifiable credentials created. So they are having a proof inside those verifiable credentials, which is a mm -hmm. digital signature, right? So it does not matter what is happening there, but digital signature is kind of a proof of it being uh, kind of authentic. So um, all those means and the tools that are there to for being able to prove that everything is right. So for example, the verify is using, uh, let's say, um, digital signature or verifying the proof, the, uh, the tools that are there for verifying if proof is uh, right one or not. So those mm -hmm. old tools and uh, means that are there are helping us to make sure that um, everything is right. So uh, of course, big names are good, but we also need to uh, keep uh, be stay careful uh, how our data is getting transferred or how what is uh, what is done there. But again, it's up to people. So uh, we've all knowledge that there are the cases when people are um, there are the cases when people are just uh, losing some information. Mm. So what options do we have? So I'm an individual mm -hmm. wanting to reclaim my identity online. Mm -hmm. What steps am I taking? What should I be looking at? Yeah. So. Um, if you want to reclaim your identity, probably uh, you need to create uh, the place when you are going to stay all, all those identities or uh, issued things, right? So yeah. there are some providers, right, that are um, uh, providing, for example, the solutions for holistic identity. For example, Affinity is one of those, but mm. probably you also could find another ones. So uh, we've using all, all those uh, solutions right that will help you uh, to create your um, identity right and also import the already existing for example uh, verifiable credentials from different providers or uh, create the yourself you know with your own data 
and also use this identity in the websites when you you can log in. Let's say you are mm -hmm. visiting some website and there is a sign in with the social logins and maybe there is a sign in with your holistic identity mm -hmm. login, then it's up to you also to which one to select depending or uh, how uh, confident you are feeling about uh, sharing and what is the way that you wanted to continue. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's also what can be the good thing or one uh, good moment sometime when uh, we'll try to collect all our identities, also social identities as a part of our digital or holistic identity. Yeah. See, for example, now I'm I'm with this passport, you know, so I, we can have multiple citizenships, but in one country we can go with one citizenship, another country with one citizenship. This is similar to our holistic identity. We can collect our different identity types in mm -hmm. one wallet and we can try to think, for example, and I am doing something like this, I'm sharing this type of identity here in booking flights to this country. I'm sharing my this identity is kind of up to us at the end to decide how to use it. Okay. Um you're from the the technical side, the engineering side, and if they see uh, if anyone wants to check them out, this is what they do. Uh, they pretty much are revolutionising data ownership, and, and certainly for good. What are the technical issues that that you face with this mission? What I will choose. I think I answered a while ago, but uh, I like to own my own identity and uh, privacy. I'll choose, of course, uh, the view of controlling my own identity because I had the moments, for example, um, when I was shopping a furniture from one shop in Germany, then I was visiting Armenia and I was sitting in some uh, family um, with some family and I've seen but I see the advertisement on their computer from the furniture shop that I was shopping in Germany I, I kind of got really very stressed I said how this came here so how this information has been flying with me all the way here <laughs> and how it got to my friend's laptop I'm, I don't like that I really yeah. usually like to control the data uh, how how I'm sharing with whom I'm, with whom I'm sharing. For example, now there recently I was thinking, core, what are the websites that I kind of registered by my Gmail? I don't remember. So I can mm -hmm. go and check uh, the accounts. Maybe there are some websites when I registered with my Facebook account. I'm not sure where I created some other accounts, what is happening with my old data. I wish I could have a place when I could go and see all my sharings that I did and I can say, for this website, I don't want, but revoke it. You know, for this yeah. website, I don't want it revoke it. So I would love to have the control for myself of owning my data. Can we do that retrospectively? Go back. I mean, going forward, it's very easy. We can say, right, from here on, I'm going to protect my data. How far gone are we? How much have we already put in? Yeah, this is the thing. So, for example, if we did something before, you know, so... Um, I'm not sure if we can go retrospectively and try to clean it because ourselves, we don't remember what we did. I don't, mm -hmm. maybe you do. So, uh, but probably it's never late to change the mindset of starting to think about it now because it's um, better to do now than later. So of not knowing what to control. Is it is it good to be fearful when, when we're online now? Is do you think it may um, 
decrease our experience online if we are fearful all the time? Or should we put trust in certain tools and certain companies um, to, to do that for us? Decrease our, um, decrease what, sorry? The the experience, the, the user experience when we're online and what we're experiencing. For me personally, I think it will improve the experience because, for example, let's say if um, I, I need to enter my data and have the onboarding creation in all places, right? So mm -hmm. um, in many cases, people are choosing the social login because they don't want to have the onboarding friction. But mm -hmm. the, on the other side, people are kind of starting to be careful of giving so much information uh, by using their social login because then yeah. it's also it means that they are getting, they can be tracked, you know, based on their activities and get uh, advertisement based on uh, their activities. So uh, people probably would think more about it, um, giving the data in the way that they don't have the onboarding uh, difficulties, but they will also share only the data that they wanted to share. From my perspective, I think it will improve the experience because if I'm information that I wanted to share. I don't have the onboarding friction uh, of uh, putting all my data all the time in all those web pages. Then I don't need also to do the social login. So for um, skipping this part. So I think from my perspective, it will improve is, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, really appreciate you, you coming Hello? on, uh, Anna. Uh, really appreciate you coming on today i think i lost you you hear me okay yes yes i hear okay. you um just want to say thank you for, for joining us um today it's a super relevant topic and everyone's discussing and should be considering it for those who want to follow up um with you or hear more about affinity and what the work you're doing where can we find you how can you reach out and yeah what have you what have you got coming up yeah, I'm also really enjoying this conversation and it means that I also can share the perspective and um, my own view how the holistic identity can be useful for all people. I'm always open for uh, people when they reach via LinkedIn uh, or um, via Affinity website, for example, if this is related to the Affinity, but I'm always open for any connection via LinkedIn and I'm happy to talk about the positive and negative aspects of everything. So related to data ownership. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thanks once again. And uh, to the listeners, yeah, most people who listen, um, don't subscribe. So you're missing some great episodes like today. So yeah, do give us a, a subscribe um, and you won't miss any more episodes. But thank you once again, Anna, for joining us. Thanks a lot, Matt. It was a pleasure to talk with you. You too. Ciao, ciao. Thank you. Ciao. <laughs>